welcome to the Dating Advisory Board. I've got my friend Alan Stein here today. Alan currently travels the world as a basketball performance training coach, consultant, and speaker. He is also the creator of the widely popular Elite Jump Training Program and the host of the Pure Sweat Basketball Show, which has featured guests such as Villanova's Jay Wright, the Boston Celtics' Brad Stevens, and entrepreneurial superstar Gary Vaynerchuk. So if you have not gone on iTunes, you need to sign up um, to subscribe to Alan's show. So so let's uh, let's hear a little bit, tell the audience your background and how, how you got into basketball and we'll just go from there. Sure. Uh, I mean, dating all the way back to probably kindergarten, I think basketball has been my number one driving passion. I was fortunate to play lots of sports and do lots of activities as a kid, but everything always gravitated back towards basketball. Uh, I had a decent high school career, was able to play in college. Uh, it was Elon College mm-hmm. at the time. It's now Elon University down in Burlington, North Carolina. Yeah. Um, and while I was in college, really fell in love with the performance side and the training side of basketball. Um, I'd always had an affinity for wanting to help young people and have an influence over kids. Uh, so figured, you know, combining basketball performance with the sport that I loved and being able to help young people was uh, the dream job for me and uh, yeah. really haven't looked back since and have been very fortunate that that's how I've been able to, to kind of make my living. That's awesome. I mean, you really kind of had your passion. You stuck with it and, you know, you made, made your life, you know, doing that. Yeah, right? and, and I got in at a very interesting time. In the late 90s, there really wasn't much in the way of basketball performance. Uh, in fact, at that time, less than a third of NBA teams even had a performance consultant. So I, I kind of got in at a good time where not many other people were doing it, which as an entrepreneur allowed me to kind of carve my own path and get in with some really good groups and people and teams. Um, now it's a, a very packed industry. There's a lot of people in the space. Uh, so I'm, I'm fortunate that I got in at a good time. Okay, and so you and tell us a little bit about how, who, what did you do? What teams did you work for? How, what were some of the things that you talked about? Like, well, for on? those that know the youth and high school basketball scene, Washington D.C. is probably one of the top three metropolitan areas in the world for producing basketball players. I mean, we've had some amazing talent uh, come out of the D.C. area over the last 20 to 30 years. Uh, so I was able to work at some high schools, uh, Dematha Catholic High School, Montrose Christian, uh, where players like Kevin Durant and Victor Oladipo went, uh, who who are household NBA names now, but I had a chance to work with them when they were younger. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of my claim to fame is I was able to work with some of today's best players back when they were younger. And that's, uh, you know, something I'm proud of, but a lot of it again is I'm just thankful to have grown up in an area where there's such basketball talent. Yeah, exactly. And you know, the title of our show is like, are you coachable on and off the court, right? How important is that in, in business? Right, and having advisory boards, and in your personal life as well, and being coachable, being able in, when you're dating someone. So, um, talk to us a little bit about that. Do you think the sports gave you an advantage in that area because you, you know, used to being trained and feedback? And so, tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely. I mean, I can pretty much draw back on a sport experience or a basketball experience that's that's helped me achieve everything that I've ever done in my life. Uh, some of the best experiences, some of the best people and relationships I've made can all be drawn back to basketball. Uh, I think the first step to being coachable is having a level of humility, is admitting that you don't know everything and that you actually need some help. Uh, And lots of times that can be challenging for young people. I know that when I was a teenager and in my early 20s, I already thought I knew everything. Now at 40, I realize how much, not only did I not know then, but how much I still need to learn now. Uh, But you know, it's funny, when I'm working with players, the very first question I always ask them, I look them in the eye and say, are you coachable? And to this day, and I've worked with thousands of players, I've never had one player say anything but yes or yes, sir. And yet I've certainly had 
my share of players that were not coachable. Uh, it's the same thing in business or in dating. I mean, if you were to ask someone if they're coachable, they'll tell you on the surface that they are, but only till you dig a little bit deeper will you realize whether or not that's true. But, but being coachable and having humility and being open to other people's guidance and mentorship is one of the most important traits I think any of us can have. Yeah, and I think so. It's really important as well to have coaches, you know, as we're adults. You know, we have it, <clears throat> lifestyle coaches or health coaches or, you know, you're, I guess you could say the people you work out with in the gym, you know, the trainers, right? You should, I mean, it should all translate because they're only kind of helping you become better people, right? And you're surrounding yourself with those advisory boards in business and in dating. Yeah. And it's, I mean, uh, coaching is, is going to be synonymous with an advisory board is going to be synonymous with a mentor. Uh, and I've got a handful of people in my life that I look to for direction in each of those areas of my life. Um, you know, I'm slowly starting to make a career transition into the corporate speaking business. And one of the very first things that I will do is hire a speaking coach. Um, you know, I'm, I'm fairly polished as a speaker when it comes to talking to kids and talking to coaches at clinics because mm -hmm. I've done that for so long. But when it's time for me to actually be in a boardroom and speaking to people in the corporate world, right. I know that there's areas of that craft that I need to improve and, and get better at. So I'm going to hire a coach because I'm going to want to make sure that I do the best job that I'm capable of. And that's why I would need a coach. The same reason that someone wants to be the best player they can be would hire me or someone else as a coach. Well, I got a referral for you, so we'll talk after. Awesome. Can't wait. <laughs> after, after the show. I appreciate it. Now, um, how much important is persistence and positive mental toughness to bring your dreams to a reality? What would you advice would you give to others? I mean, how, I mean, I think mental. I mean, because you know, I played tennis. We we actually played Elon. Yeah. <laughs> Coast of Carolina, and I mean, I think it's given me an advantage in business. Um, so can you talk a little bit about that? Without question. I mean, I think what you just described is grit. I mean, grit is your stick to -itiveness, It's your relentlessness. It's your perseverance. Um, your fire. It, your fire and your passion and right. your motor. Uh, and in my opinion, and I know it's been said numerous times in books and on TED Talks, but uh, I mean, research has shown that your grit is the number one determining factor on whether or not you'll be successful. It's not your born talent. It's not your IQ. It's not your good looks. Yeah. It's literally your grit and how, you know, how relentless are you willing to be to pursue something that you care about? Um, and uh, from a business standpoint, again, I think I can chalk most of my successes or many successes up to two things, grit and relentlessness mm -hmm. and relationships. I, I'm a people person and I've built some really quality relationships with people over the last 10 to 15 years. And I do everything I can in my power to serve those people and add value to their lives. And then anytime that I need some help, they're always the first ones to try and help me back. And it's, it's really a, a great way to live your life. And, and I think if you put your focus into relationships and you stick to it with grit, there's really very few things that you couldn't accomplish if you put your mind to it. Now, do you think some people are born with it or do you think it's, it's learned? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. I, I certainly think it helps if you grow up in a family where things like grit are modeled for you. If you have parents or guardians or whoever takes care of you, if you see them working really hard every day on their passion or you, you know, you see that type of behavior, right. uh, I think that can help be nurtured into you. Uh, no, I don't necessarily think somebody's born with grit. I think that's an acquired characteristic or an acquired talent. Um, but it's one that everyone can acquire if, if yeah. you're willing to put the focus in. Okay. All right. So let's, let's tie this back into the dating world. Yes. Um, you know, we had talked earlier about brackets and dating. I mean, what makes a top seed? <laughs> well, you know, I guess to give your listeners a little bit of a background. So I yeah. was married for almost six years and then went through a very amicable divorce. I'm actually better friends with my, my ex-wife today than I was when, when we were married, um, which is just an interesting dynamic. Um, and what I've learned is in the dating world and in marriage and so forth, it's not really about 
good versus bad or someone was right and someone was wrong. You're just looking for comfort and compatibility in someone that's a good fit. And right. her and I can both look each other in the eye with all the love in the world and just say, we were not a good fit for each other. She will make a wonderful wife to someone else and I hope to make a wonderful husband to someone else. We just weren't good with each other. So I think having that perspective has allowed me to enter the dating world with optimism and positivity that I don't feel like I've been scorned. I don't feel like I was given a raw deal and I hate all women. Nothing could be further from the truth. Right. I'm excited for this chapter in my life. Um, and yeah, I do actually approach dating in so many of the same ways that I approach business. Uh, persistence is key. Consistency yeah. is key. Um, I'm a big believer that you attract what it is that you put out, that if you work hard on being the best version of yourself, you'll attract the best version of other people. Uh, and then like anything else, same with business, you get whatever it is that you tolerate. You know, if you're dating someone and, and you don't like a lot of their habits or the way that they treat you, then stop tolerating it. Move on to the next right. one. And I, and I say that very respectfully. But it's funny that you brought up brackets because I'm a basketball guy and right. March Madness is my favorite time of year. Um, and there is some truth to that. And I say that with full respect because I would never objectify a woman to being right. an object or a team or a number on a bracket. But yeah, if you've met two or three women uh, and you're, you go out on some dates, on some level, there's an unconscious ranking system. Like, hey, I like this one a little bit more because of this. So I'm willing to bend a little further to make more time to be with her. Right. Whereas maybe somebody else, you're still learning if you'd make a good connection. So, um, and I would only uh, assume that that's true the other way around. I would assume that if, if I'm dating a young lady, she's probably dating a couple other people. And where do I fall on her bracket? Am I a number one seed to her or am I the 16th seed that's got no chance of winning? <laughs> you never know. That could be an upset. But it, you know, and again, I think we can say it tongue in cheek because it's fun to make the sports and dating analogies. Right. But, you know, really for me, uh, I mean, I've got my non-negotiables list of what I'm looking for in someone. Good. I've got a preferences list. And it's just about when I meet someone, do they have a good energy and do I feel a connection and a comfort level with them? If I do, then I'd love to see them again. If I don't, then respectfully, then we're just not a good fit. And, yeah. you know, I've been on both sides of that. I've had to tell some young ladies that, you know, I didn't really feel a connection, but I wish you the best. And I've had some say that to me. And it's okay. You know, the, the way I look at it, it's all about you're, you're kind of quantifying what it is that you're doing. And if, if for any reason I go out with someone and it's not a good fit either way, the earlier you can find that out, the better. Someone, right. When someone says either they ghost you and don't text you back or right. they don't want to see you again, even though that may hurt because we're human beings and we right. have feelings, they're actually doing you a favor because they're just letting you know that we're not going to be a good fit and you might as well find that out as early as possible. So uh, going back to your grit, I've learned to have tre tremendous thick skin and resilience in everything that I do. Uh, again, I'm not a robot. I'm not saying my feelings don't ever get hurt, but I've learned that when something's not a good fit or even if there's a girl that I really like, but she doesn't show equal interest, you know, I, I move on and it's okay. And again, I, I don't say that to be calloused. I say that because uh, I think that when I find the right fit, it's going to feel so amazing and right that there won't be any question. Yeah. Oh, well, that makes sense. So now on, on these dating sites, so are you on these? Like what are, what ones work in your opinion the best? Uh, um, when I was first uh, back into the dating scene, I did do match.com for a little bit and I actually met a couple of nice people, met one young uh, a nice lady that I, I dated for about four months and she was absolutely wonderful. Uh, just didn't quite materialize mm -hmm. in anything more than that. Um, I'm since off match. Uh, I've done Tinder before, but have kind of gotten rid of that. Uh, Bumble is uh, the app that I use the most. Um, and it's interesting. I mean, sometimes I'm on there out of sheer boredom. I just like scrolling back and forth and seeing right. what's happening. Other times I am. I've, I've got some time in my schedule that I'd like to invest in meeting somebody quality. And, and I use it as a filtering system. Uh, I think with any of those apps or dating 
dating sites, they are what you make them. Right. You know, uh, people say all the time, you know, well, well, Tinder is just a hookup app. Well, if that's what you're using it for, then yes, it would be. If you're using it to find someone that you connect with, then that's what it'll be. And I, I think that with a lot of things. And, and yeah. I've had good success on Bumble. I've met some wonderful women, um, you know, and again, for the most part, they fall into three categories. They fall into someone I have a nice connection with and I'd like to see again. Um, somewhere where there's really not much of a connection, but you can admit they're, they're going to be a great fit for somebody else. And then some that are, it's just kind of a dud. It's just kind of a fizzle. And I don't mean that person's a dud. I just mean that there's, there's, there's definitely no, not going to be a second date. Right. Yeah. yeah because just, we just don't just fit. Mad. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But any of those three outcomes are positive. Right. You're either saying you're putting somebody in the bucket that, Hey, this could be a potential partner or they're not. And either one's positive. So, um, I've kind of developed my own. I guess you'd say filtering system because time is so important. I yeah. know how busy you are. Uh, you know, I didn't mention earlier, I am the father of three children. I've got twin six-year-old boys and a four-year-old daughter. Um, so between that and my, my heavy workload, I don't have a ton of time for dating. So I want to be very strategic in how I approach it. And that's why I find an app like Bumble uh, to be a great you know, a, a filtering system to find someone that I may connect with. And then once I uh, connect with someone, then I've kind of got a filtering system through our message exchange, what I'm looking for. And then, you know, and again, I know I mean this to say it with all humility. If they pass the test, then I'd like to meet them in person. And I only say it tongue in cheek because I'm hoping that they're doing the same thing. Right. None of this is like, oh, if you're good enough to meet me out for dinner, it has nothing to do with that. It is my evenings are unbelievably precious. And for me to go out and meet a stranger for a glass of wine, you better believe they've jumped through a few hoops <laughs> to make sure that it's worth it. But what makes them pass? Like but, what, what are, what's on your non-negotiables? I mean, uh, all right. So what I'm looking for in a partner, absolutely without question, aside from a physical attractiveness, I think we all agree that's going to be number one, whether people want to own that or not. Sense of humor is vital. I think sense of humor, first of all, I love to laugh, but mm -hmm. I think sense of humor is the number one mark of one's intelligence. Yeah. I think in order to be funny, you have to be smart. Doesn't mean you're academic smart, right. but it means you have a high emotional IQ. It means you have uh, street smarts. It means you have different areas of your life where humor can be brought in. And I think that's vital. Um, I'm very attracted to women that are ambitious, um, that are driven because I'm very driven. Yeah. Um, so no lazy llama beans for me. I don't, don't need that. <laughs> uh, I'm looking for somebody that's just, that's just kind and pure of heart. Somebody yeah. that's a good person. Somebody that, that speaks to waiters the same way they'd speak to their own parents. You know, that's, that's extremely important to me. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, there's, there's obviously a handful of other things, but those are really the main non-negotiables. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking for somebody that has a very high sense of self-awareness. I have a very high sense of self-awareness, especially for a male. Uh, and I didn't achieve that on my own. I was through two years of therapy, uh, going through a divorce of trying to learn who I was. Right. And that's an important per part of I who I am. Two years yeah. well, after my divorce. I mean, and, and to me, meeting someone with self-awareness who knows exactly who she is and what she wants, knows what she's good at and what she's not good at is play so your important. Play strengths, right? Absolutely. Like you wouldn't just put anyone in any, in, in a basketball to play any short, you know, shooter or whatever. I no, mean, you they, know what your core, what you bring to the table and focus on your on your good attributes. Yes. And every one of us has strengths and every one of us has weaknesses. Yeah. Every one of us has goals. Every one of us has fears and insecurities. So it's not about going out and looking for the perfect woman. There's no such thing. And I am far from perfect myself. It's not finding the perfect woman. It's who's perfect for me. Right. Who fits like a, a jigsaw puzzle right. with my idiosyncrasies, with my fears, with my insecurities, with my strengths and my weaknesses, and, and that we can be comfortable together. And that's what we're looking for. And again, that always circles back to I'm not out looking for the one. 
I'm trying to become the one right. myself right. so that hopefully I'll attract that person. Exactly. And, and I think that mind shift alone, which is what therapy helped give me a perspective on, has just helped me uh, tremendously. But, but back to what I'm looking for, um, the high sense of self-awareness, a high emotional IQ, you know, with all that stuff, in order to have a true connection, and this is what I really struggled with for most of my life, is you have to be willing to be vulnerable. You have to be willing to open yourself up completely to someone, which means you're showing them your full self. And, and uh, that's scary for a lot of people. Yeah. That's really scary for a lot yeah. of males because males tend to want to hold everything in and mm -hmm. be macho and be tough, you know, but in order to truly connect, you have to put yourself out there. But the dangerous part is when you put yourself out there and you allow yourself to be completely vulnerable, you risk really getting hurt. You get your heart broken, but I'm okay with that. I'm at the point in my life now, I would rather be vulnerable and try and have my heart broken several times than to feel nothing and to live a life being numb. Cause I've right. done that for most of my life and it's just, it's just not worth it. So I'm willing to have my heart broken a couple of times in order to find the one that makes my heart beat faster. Right. Right. Cause I mean, can you imagine not going your whole life without feeling like that? I mean, oh, that no. would be crazy, be but awful. I know people do because you know, you're pre-programmed boys aren't supposed to cry and you know, and that's the wrong. I mean, do you know what I, mean? I, I talk to my girlfriends we are all single, same thing. Somebody that is emotionally available. That's attractive. Yes. Very attractive. But it's also scary. And here's what yeah. I found. Um, you know, and again, you've known me long enough to know I can yeah. say a lot of this stuff in jest to be a male with high self-awareness and allowing myself to be vulnerable is almost like a superpower because mm. most males are not capable of right. that. And what I found, and this is something that I really need to work on internally, I've dated some girls over the last several months and I can build a connection very, very quickly because I allow myself to be vulnerable, which means uh, what would normally take someone three or four months to get to a certain level of emotional intimacy, I can get there in one or two dates because I'm not afraid to share anything and everything. Right. I just share my heart, which means I connect with people very, very quickly. And that uh, unfortunately sometimes can be a bad thing because then when you split very, very quickly, it can be painful and right. it's tough, but it's, again, it's all part of the journey, but I'm, one thing I've learned is, and this is how I'm, I'm different in approaching dating. Most people approach dating like it's a job interview. All right, what do I need to do to get the job? All right, I need to dress a certain way. I need to talk a certain way. I need to act a certain way because my whole goal is to get this uh, lady sitting across from me to like me. I don't do any of that anymore. Yeah. I put my best self forward, right. but I be, I remain authentic. I just, I just stay who I am. This is who I am. This is how I dress. This is what I think's funny. This is how I speak. This is how I talk to people. And if you like it, wonderful. If you don't, I'm okay with that. That yeah, just means we're not a you. good fit. Yeah. yeah. But the best part about being me is I'm going to find someone that really loves me for me. Right. They're not falling in love with the act of who I'm pretending to be. Right. And the then when you finally get deeper, you realize, yeah, my representative, then you get deeper and you realize, well, this, this isn't the guy that I thought I was with anyway. Mm -hmm. So all I'm hoping is that the, the, the women that I'm going out with are sharing the same level of authenticity and truth that I am. And then we'll know if something's a good fit. And, you know, now with that said, I still want to dress nicely when I'm going to go out with someone, you know, I still mm -hmm. want to have good hygiene. I still want to yeah. open the door for her. I want to be a gentleman, yeah. but that's who I am. Those right. are my real traits. I'm not putting on a, a facade for them. That's who I am. And I want them to hopefully uh, like and appreciate that. But again, if they don't, I'm okay with that. Yeah. No, that's it. That's interesting. I mean, cause you said in the very, you know, we talked about a lot and, and you said you set expectations early. Right. And you say, okay, this is where I am. And you'd say some people would tend to forget that as it got, you know, further along a few more dates and you say, Hey, you know, me, it may not be working out, but Hey, right. We talk a lot about that in the dating world. I mean, or in the business boardroom too. I mean, you wouldn't just 
um, not talk to anyone again. I mean, right. you, you can still be friends. It's not like you're dating for you know 20 million years and, and in or whatever the case may be, right? You never want to close a door in a networking opportunity. Like no, I of said, course, right? Because you never know who they could. Hey, couldn't that have worked out? Could have had a nice time. And you're like, yeah, not a fit, but you know, good luck and absolutely right. So you're keeping that door open because you wouldn't just shut someone else down in the business boardroom when you're connecting no. or on LinkedIn. I mean, you'll link in with anybody. Right. To, you know, to, to find out more about them. So, but, but, but what I've learned, all I can do is control myself, my own effort, my own attitude and how I treat people. So I make sure that whether a relationship is going very, very well, mm -hmm. or it's time to end it, I treat the other person with the same respect that I would want to be treated. Right. So I'm usually uh, very forthright in my feelings. Mm -hmm. Hey, I just don't feel a connection, but it was wonderful to meet you. I wish you the best. And that's it. And if their response to that is something negative, that's on them. Right. I can no longer worry about what they do or think. As long as I always hold myself uh, to the, the highest ethical and moral standard and treat people the way I'd want someone to treat me, then that's all I can do. Once I pass the baton, baton to them, then it's up to them. But I will say one thing from an expectation standpoint, this has really helped me. Um, I'm very type A. I'm very driven. Like I said, I have a lot of grit. Sounds uh, familiar. Yeah, when, when I used to approach dates, I would put so much pressure on them because unconsciously, this isn't anything I was thinking on a conscious level. Unconsciously, I'm thinking, oh my God, this could be the woman of my dreams that I'm going to meet. Like hmm. I would build this big pressure cooker up right now. On the pedestal. Yeah. Well, I remove all expectations when I'm going to meet a young lady out for a drink or for coffee. Mm -hmm. The only expectation I have is I'm going to meet somebody new and I'm going to learn about their story. Right. That's it. I don't even think whether or not there's going to be a date number two. I don't think about sex. I don't think about anything other than I'm going to meet another human being and I want to learn as much of her story as possible. Yeah. And that's it. And when you go into it with that mindset, you or usually accomplish fun. that. Yeah. yeah. You have fun. You meet somebody else. Even if I know in the first 30 seconds, this isn't someone that I'm attracted to their <clears> energy. I don't just get up and bolt. I enjoy the rest of the meal or the coffee yeah. or the drink and I learn everything I can about them because I think you learn something from every situation and I want to hear their journey. I want to hear what they're about even if I know that there's not going to be a date number two and that little mind shift of being fully present and only worrying about learning something new from someone else has taken so much pressure off of it. I enjoy yeah. dating so much more now than I did when I thought everything was this, this, oh my gosh, is this going to be the one? This could be right. my future. What? Right. It's just not worth it. Now I'm just so much more laid back and I actually enjoy going out on dates with people. Uh, even the ones that I don't want to see again, I right. still have a nice evening with right. or a nice cup of coffee with and it works out just fine. So I, I think for me, that mind shift has helped me tremendously. Just focus on being the right one, mm -hmm. being authentic and learning about somebody new whenever you go out. And you can't lose. Okay, so I have, yeah, that's true. So I, <laughs> there's one day when you were on Bumble and you have this funny number that after 23 oh. stripes or swipes. swipes that, you know, and I call you swiper, no swiping. Yeah. <laughs> so, so tell me a little bit about um, like what's the number of 23 and like what makes a profile stand out to you? Well, let's go ahead and get this out of the way. I'm borderline OCD with a lot of things. <laughs> I am unbelievably neat. Uh, like if you go to my apartment right now, I mean, you would think that it's, it's on show to rent, you know, to rent out to other people. That's just the way that I am. I'm very OCD about stuff yeah. and I can be a little OCD about numbers. Uh, 23 has always been my lucky number because of Michael Jordan and my mm -hmm. age. Um, so yeah, what's funny when I'm swiping through Bumble, if I get 23 swipes in a row where I don't see there's a match, then I just turn it off and I wait and come back another time. Yeah. But you know, uh, from Bumble, and you've asked me this before, when I'm looking at a profile, uh, there's a few things that draw me in immediately. And you know, first and foremost, 
it's pretty fascinating that Bumble and Tinder and a lot of these apps that you make a snap judgment based on someone's entire life in literally less than one second. Right. Whatever picture comes up first, you decide whether or not I want to know anything else about this person or do I want to literally wipe them off the face of the earth, which just sounds horrendous, right. but there's some truth to that. Um, so for me, eyes and smile are absolutely number one. I think eyes and smile tell a person's real story and tell you their energy. So immediately when I see a picture, if somebody's eyes and smile are quote unquote attractive, then I'm going to linger for a second. I'm going to check out a second picture. I'm going to read their bio. Yeah, but it's eyes and smile. But I'm amazed at how many women don't smile in their pictures or they cover their eyes up in sunglasses in every single picture. Uh, you know, or they're grainy. Yeah. So for me, I'm going to swipe right away, you know, so there's two things you can look at. One, what am I actually attracted to? And, and I have my own physical attractions like anybody else does and eyes and smile and are they fit and you know, all Mm -hmm. that stuff. But more importantly, and this is going to sound crazy. This is where it kind of goes to a, a, on a business, uh, going down a business trail. Mm -hmm. First of all, are they taking a good picture? Is it blurry or is it crisp? Is there decent lighting or does it look like they're in a cave? Are they framed well? Can I see their entire face or do I only see their left eyebrow? Like it is amazing (laughs) how many times someone doesn't even put a decent picture in. And now we all have pictures that you look back on. It might be a few years old and you're like, man, I look really good in that picture. So I totally understand if in someone's profile, one of their pictures might not be the most recent because that's their favorite picture of all time. That's cool. But other than that, the pictures should be within the last six months at the very least. Yeah. They should have good lighting. They should be framed well, and they should be in HD. It's 2016. You yeah. know, uh, to having a picture that looks like Bigfoot because it's so grainy is just unacceptable in today's day and age. So yeah. in, in my opinion, and, and I'm sorry if this sounds rather self-righteous, if in 2016 you can't even put a quality picture online, regardless of what you look like, I, I don't know that this is going to work. I mean, I think that's a sign, first of all, I don't want to say of your intelligence, but on whether or not you care enough About to put your best yeah. image forward. forward. Right. Now, I'm not saying that everyone needs to go to Sears and get glamour shots to be <laughs> put on their profile, but right. you should be able, I mean, worst case scenario, go to your friend or your roommate or your brother and say, hey, can you take a picture of me? Yeah. I need it for this site. Right. Here's my phone. Yeah. Push the because button. Because people are judging you on that. Right. So, so that's certainly something I look at. Um, you know, I do, I read the bios. I want to know because usually if the bio has something witty or has some mm-hmm. type of sense of humor, that's, that's a good, that's a plus yeah. for me. And that's the only other way that I'll be able to know. So those are just some of the things that I look at. And, um, you know, w- when you swipe right, and then there's a connection, mm-hmm. you do get that instant adrenaline rush. Yeah. Like it's a pretty cool feeling, but plenty of times I swipe right and there's no connection, which means either they saw me and didn't like me or they haven't come across my profile. But again, you have to have thick skin. I don't expect everyone that I like in the world to also like me. That's okay. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm comfortable with who I am and I can deal with that. Um, but I, I do, I, I find Bumble to be a, a fascinating way to connect with people. Um, I find it interesting that when you do connect, how long does it take someone to reach out? Because as you know, on Bumble, the female has to be the one to message first. Um, so even if, if you swipe right and I swipe right, there'll be no connection until you message me. Oh. And if you don't message me within 24 hours, then it just expires. So hmm. occasionally I'll match with someone and never hear from them. You know, wow. Maybe they didn't check their app in 24 hours. 
who knows? Right. But all of it has helped again, me develop this dating thick skin and some resilience. Mm -hmm. And if nothing else just makes me even more self-aware of who I am and, and how I'm doing as I'm navigating this game. Yeah. Oh no, that's awesome. I know that you said, you sent me this article about how people should be, you know, practicing dating, you know, just because, you know, you, you, when you meet the right person, you have, you have all that. In the back. Well, everything is about getting reps. Right. Now, I have literally without question done 200 interviews as far as basketball performance work. Mm -hmm. This is my very first interview talking about dating. Well, thank you. But I was unbelievably excited to do it, not only because I'm passionate about the topic, because it gives me practice. Right. You have to practice dating to get good at it. And I know that sounds crazy to people, but especially if you've been married for a while, let's say you've been married for a decade. <laughs> You've not gone out with anyone else for 10 years. Mm -hmm. You better believe that your dating skills are going to be a little rusty when you get back out there. I sure know mine were. So yeah. you have to go on some dates. You have to get used to interacting with people in that type of setting. You know, I'm very comfortable around people. I'm very comfortable in front of coaches and players. But when I got back out on the dating world, yeah. there was definitely some rust on my game. That's okay. Your game. So you so you got to get some reps. Everything is about reps. And, mm -hmm. and I think the more you practice being yourself, practice being authentic, practice being self-aware, practice going out and having coffee with someone where your only objective is to learn about them and their journey, then you get better at it. And I know it sounds really crazy because I don't consider it a sport. I'm better at dating today than I was a year ago when I first started just because I've practiced right. and I've learned what things work well right. over coffee and what things don't. So, so you you're know, talking about practice. Everything is about practice. You got that right. <laughs> um, okay. So we have a few more minutes, but sure. um, so tell us like what you're working on and how people can get in touch with you. So as I mentioned right now, I've made the, the basketball performance space my home for the last 15 years and, and trained players to jump higher and run faster and improve their athleticism. Uh, now for me, uh, the next chapter in my life, in addition to dating, will be to take everything I've learned, all of the life lessons that I've learned through basketball from some of the best players and coaches in the world and transferring that into the corporate world where I can teach corporations and organizations how to improve their culture the same way that Kobe Bryant would improve culture with the Lakers, the same way Greg Popovich or Coach K would improve culture. Yeah with their teams and I'm excited for that uh, and that will be a new chapter for me um, but it's something that I'm, I'm really looking forward to the challenge uh, currently everything anyone would need for me is through pure sweat basketball so at pure sweat on any of the social handles uh, my email is alan at pure uh, but a lot of that will start to transition into a new site and a new platform when I'm fully entrenched in the speaking world but uh, I've always embraced social media um, I think that's one of the reasons that I feel more comfortable doing the online dating thing is yeah. because I've put my entire life online for the last 10 years and have no problem with it. I'm right. fully transparent. So for me, it makes it a little bit easier. Uh, so I use social media as a way to meet people, to share, to learn. And again, uh, my, my dating philosophy is really just an extension of that. Okay. Well, that's awesome. Well, yeah, make sure if you're not signed up for his uh, iTunes podcast, make sure you go to Pure Sweat Basketball and download. It's really, really good. Well, thank you so much, Alan. I really appreciate you being on the Dating Advisory Board and providing all your knowledge. So Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you so all much. Right, take care.